are now tuning into But What If I Soar podcast. With your host, Dominique, licensed professional counselor and certified clinical trauma professional and owner of Free to Be Counseling Service and Deveron, licensed social worker and certified life coach and owner of Social MacGyver. The thought-provoking podcast that explores the complexity of mental health through a lens that does not require a prescription. We will explore a wide range of topics with engaging discussions and personal anecdotes that provides a realistic outlook while actively engaging in our own self-discoveries. Let's get ready to soar together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a What If I Soar podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Dominique Flint of Free to Be Counseling Services. And I am your other co-host, Devron Flint, Social MacGyver. Thank you for joining us. This is episode 13, Lucky 13. (laughs) (laughs) So glad you all are back listening or watching um, on our YouTube channel. Um, So we wanted to, uh, you know, we were thinking about, you know, we're wrapping up. It's the end of the year, getting close to the holidays. Um, We are recording like a few days out from Thanksgiving. And so, you know, there's Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, right? And this time of year can be very hopeful for some people, but it can also be very challenging. And so we wanted to make sure to not just fall into, you know, you know, thinking about the holidays in a normative sense. Like and for some people, their holidays are challenging, right? So we wanted to focus this episode on surviving the holidays. So we'll be talking a little bit um, in some detail about ways to, um, you know, get through the holidays, depending on what your challenges are, depending depending on what you're facing. We just wanted to make sure we not only, you know, encourage people to celebrate the holidays, but also just encourage people to take care of themselves if this is a, a challenging time for them. So yeah, that's what we'll be focusing on today. But we're going to start with one high and one low from the last few weeks. So Deveron, you want to start? So I would say one high is I continue to prepare for my um, speaking engagement. So I bought some swag. Yeah. I will have like a, a table that I'll be able to present. I got business cards. Um, I got signs made that have like um, the social media for Social MacGyver, but also for our podcast. But what if I saw her? Um, okay. So I'm just really excited. It felt good. I'm starting to get the items in now. Um, so it just felt good to, I don't know if you've ever had this feeling, but to, you know, be working towards something. We talked about this last podcast and looking at the smaller milestones instead of looking at the bigger picture. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was like kind of like a proud mama bear moment of, you yeah. know, we've been putting in all of this work. I mean, just what you just said, this is our 13th episode. Mm-hmm. We, you know, went out on a whim. We decided that we wanted to do a podcast and we have been committed to it. We mm-hmm. also, you know, started our own, you know, personal businesses. Yeah, And we have just been learning and building and, you know, I, it's just a proud moment. Like it's, it is. it's like a mm-hmm. whole year and we have been doing the damn thing. So I'm like, I'm yeah. proud of us. So yeah, I would say that was like an extreme high um, to continue to build off of, of just like 
like you really got stuff with your name on it. Like, yep. it isn't like your mm-hmm. business that you're going to present to other people. Um, so, and the kids were all excited. They were like, you got merch. <laughs> <laughs> Not merch. <laughs> they were like, Mercy's like, I want a pin. Like, you need to give me a hat. And, and so it was just like really, really cute. And like, obviously, you know, they love me. They support me. But it's just good to know, like, your stuff is going to be out there, right? Yeah, so, for sure. That was the extreme high. Um, and then I don't really think that I had any like major lows. I will say Friday was my mom's birthday. Um, and her and my dad share a birthday. Um, do they? I don't think they do. They do. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Really really crazy, but they do. (laughs) Um, and it wasn't that I was having like a difficult time or nothing that I, said, okay, like, oh my goodness, like, you know, it's her birthday or whatever. But I was in tune to know, like, the night before I didn't sleep well. I was very mm-hmm. restless. I kind of just wasn't feeling it. Um, Kind of, like, irritable, but not really irritable, but just, like, not in my usual norm. I mean, I was yeah. still supportive because I worked that day. So I was still supportive and helped out my clients and things like that. But it was just, like, one of the things that, you know, and we're talking about this today, but like grief is just never ending. And, you know, Mm -hmm. again, being prepared for those waves and we just never know how it's going to show up. And so, you know, I kind of just like took the time I worked, which was really good. I had some loved ones check on me, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just like, kind of like, just like did my own thing, like watch some TV and um, that really helped. And I think like, you know, you just, you know, you're never going to stop missing your mom, right? You're mm-hmm. That's a, a huge, huge person in your life. Um, yeah. So I, I think like it wasn't like an extreme low, but it was just like one of those things like, you know, and then I was thinking too, as, as much as I'm celebrating this merch and getting ready to do, you know, this speaking engagement, I was just like, oh my God, like all these years have passed. Well, not all these years, but a couple years have passed. And so much has changed. And like, my mom was my biggest cheerleader. Like, yeah. you know, and so I just know she would have been like calling me, texting me every dang on day. She would have been so hyped. Like, you better send me a pen. Uh-huh. She been crying every day. Yeah. Like, tears for yeah. real. Like, okay, are you okay? Do you need some medication? So it's just like, <laughs> When you know that all of these wonderful things are taking place in your life and there are people who are missing, um, you know, there's a a little bit of sadness within all of those celebrations. So I think like it wasn't a low moment, but it was just a, you know what? I felt a little bit unease, you know, but I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm good. I, you know, I'm using my coping skills. I have my family and again, people will check in on me and I, you know, I did my counseling on Friday as well. So you know, it's just one of Same. those things where I'm I'm mindful of that I'm going to ebb and flow and like just being prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I was looking when we were looking at I was looking at, you know, to name, you know, what episode. And I was like, this has been 13th podcast. And I looked and I'm like, well, we did our first podcast. Like, I think June 25th was the first day that it launched. So, I mean, it's really only been six months, but I am. I am definitely pleased with the the trust that we had in in doing this. You know, I know that we had talked about it for such a long time and 
to just see what we've been able to do in a short amount of time has just felt so it's felt good, but it's I'm 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 for me, I'm just off I'm just often surprised by it because I know that sometimes my fear and my discomfort can get in the way. Mm-hmm. But then I have that Ron on here, like, no, we're gonna do this shit. So <laughs> we I don't do know it. what you're talking about, <laughs> but we're gonna get it done. So I think that has been super helpful for me. It's just like that helps me get out of my own way. Like, okay, well, Deborah said we're gonna do it, so let's just <laughs> let's just do it, you know. And the, the more and more I I get out of my comfort zone, I also start to feel like, yeah, we is gonna do this shit. Like, right? what, what's what, what's it about? You know, you you just gonna do it, you know. So I am glad that you know you're going to be doing the speaking engagement, putting you know your your business on the map, you know, but not even just that, just being able to share your journey with other women who get it because they have gone through it, you know. And I, mm-hmm. I think I said this in our last podcast, but like sometimes we need a, a, a physical representation of what peace looks like on the other side mm-hmm. of, you know, a traumatic event or just a traumatic life experience that we've had, you know, and sometimes it can often feel like it's never going to get better. I'm never going to, you know, be successful. I'm never going to have the kind of peace I deserve. And so you'll be able to give them that, you know, that I am, I mean, this isn't the way peace has to look right. But for, for me, this is what peace looks like for me. And, and you can have a piece of that too, you know? So I think yeah. that'll be um, great. And, and, and to piggyback off of like, you know, the, the, your mother's birthday, like you're so right that like you have all these really amazing things going on and you know that there are people that are not here who cannot share in that with you physically, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that mm-hmm. has to be difficult, but it's really good that you're still using your skills and you, you know, you have your family to support you and it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a great time in your life, but also I'm sure really challenging. Like, I mean, I would love for my mom to be here to see all this, you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, yeah, it, it's, you know, it, grief never ends and it, like I said, ebbs and flows and, you know, it, grief to me at this point is just love. Like it's just mm-hmm. my continuation of my love that I have for these yeah. individuals and, even though they're not here in body, you know, I still am constantly reminded of them in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, that's never going to go away. And and I don't want my grief to go away. I want to remember them. I want to never get to a day where I'm comfortable with them not being here. Um, so I've, yeah. I've come to terms with my grief. It is It yeah. is a part of me. It is something that, you know, I carry with me and you know it ebbs and flows and and Mm -hmm. i just work with it you know if it's tougher one day i'll figure out you know how to to kind of cope with it and then if Mm -hmm. it's lighter that day i just keep carrying on and going about my business so Mm -hmm. you know yeah what What about you i was trying to think about this Uh, hi you know I'm, i'm just gonna say you know i have been feeling super connected in my marriage, you know, these last few months, last, I don't even want to say few months, but I've just noticed it recently that like we, we connected. I just feel really good <laughs> about where we are. And I, love um, I think I might've mentioned that to Irby not long ago. Like I just feel, you know, I think, I think what it is, is, you know, when you've been with somebody for a long time, I think this 
Thanksgiving, it'll be like 12 years. We met um, in 2011. So yeah. Um, and it can get stale. It can, you know, there, you know, when you have careers and kids and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to manage your house and, you know, trying to still, you know, not lose yourself, you know what I mean? And all of that, like it can be, it can be difficult and challenging. Um, mm-hmm. and sometimes can be overwhelming. And I just feel like we've been getting this shit right lately. Like, I don't know, <laughs> like, not that we weren't, but I just, I've just noticed the having a different feeling about where we are. So I just feel really good about that. Um, so that's one high. Um, another high is I've been reading, um, I've been going through this, um, a daily like meditation called uh, the daily stoic. Um, mm-hmm. and this month we are on acceptance and I've been like really committed to like reading each passage every day. And every day I'm like, damn, that was good. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like there was one in particular that said something like hope and fear are the same thing. And at first I was thinking like, how the hell hope and fear are the same thing. <laughs> and like, as I was reading through it, you know, what they talked about was like the reason why hope and fear are similar is because they're both rooted in like a want of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and really when you're hoping for something and when you are in fear of something, you are, taken out of your ability to be present in that moment. I was like, damn, that's, that's definitely true. Right. Because when we are so focused on either hoping for something and being in fear of something, we're not present. Right. We're Mm -hmm. so we're more focused on that. So I don't know, like those passages have been really helpful. And I usually do those meditations like before I start my work day. So it's like kind of a way to kind of help set the tone for the day. Um, so I've been, you know, pretty consistent with that. So that's been really good. And, um, I had therapy this week and that was really good. Um, I had some aha moments there, which was nice. Um, so yeah, so those would have been my highs. Um, as far as lows, hmm, I don't really think I've, I don't really think I've had too many. Lows. I mean, I, I think the it's not really a low, but like I am. Um, you know, I try to stay up on like what's going on in the world. And also like, you know, I have, you know, obviously we've talked about this. I have books that I purchased that I don't read, um, but I have <laughs> two books that I'm <laughs> trying to read now. Um, and it's just, you know, not enough hours in a day all the time to, mm-hmm. um, to dedicate to, to that. So if anything, I just want to find some way to like create some kind of pattern of consistency. If it's like, maybe I'm going to read at least 10 pages a day, no matter what it is. And if I read more, that's good. Um, I don't know. I just want to try to figure out like some type of pattern where I can like at least, at least read, you know, 10 pages a night or 15 pages a night. And then if I read more, that's good. Um, so I'm just trying to figure that part out. It's not really a low, but it's just like, I just want to build a habit of, of consistency around that. So, um, that's the only law I would say. I just have been having a hard time, um, you know, making the time, but I will say some of that probably is because I've been distracted by some of the other like pop culture things that are going on. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like just drowned in that and not mm-hmm. really like setting that, that habit. So I have some things to kind of work through, but, um, aside from that, you know, I think that would be my only low. So let me turn my heater off because I'm a little hot now. Okay. 
I mean, I think it's it's good that you are aware, right? Like you had talked about, you know, a couple podcasts ago where you wanted to pick up your reading. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's good that you're aware that you want to kind of set a goal for yourself and actually work towards accomplishing that goal. And maybe, you know, starting off small, don't overly commit, but work towards it because it is something that you enjoy. It is a good coping skill. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something that brings you, you know, happiness. So I think it's Mm -hmm. good that you're aware of it, but you're also not putting too much, you know, on yourself. Right. Um, So I think that that's really good. And and like you said, it's not a really low, you know, low, but it's just Mm -hmm. one of those things that you're mindful of and you're wanting to actually put a plan into place to actually accomplish it and address it. Right. But I do love your highs. Like, I love that you are feeling so connected to your marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, because marriage, we go through periods where it ebbs and flows, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're dating someone for a long time, you know, and you have life lives, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have other things that's going on. So it's really amazing that you're feeling like so connected and, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's beautiful, especially as we go into the holiday season and, you know, it, your birthday is coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, his birthday is coming up. So, yeah. you know, I think that that's, that's always beautiful to hear that you guys are feeling really connected. Yeah. Um, you know, especially as you raise your little one, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's really good. Um, I'm happy. Because he be taking the energy out the room. Really. He be adding <laughs> add too much energy to the damn room. I be like, sit down. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> He gets it honestly. I mean, he, he is his dad's child. Yes, so, you know, he is. His dad is the mayor. So it's so funny because his mom always says, like, he reminds me of how Irby was when he was little. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> gosh, really? Really? And he gets it honestly, you know? Yeah, that's, apparently. That's, you know, but he's, he's great. He's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we talked about our highs and lows, and now we're going to go into, we had kind of come up with like a outline of what we're going to talk about today. We have some Mm -hmm. questions um, that we're going to answer. So for today's episode, we're going to be talking about the upcoming holidays Mm -hmm. and whether you participate in the upcoming holidays or not, it still can be, you know, have an impact on you because you could feel obligated to participate or you could feel, um, like you are kind of like a black sheep for not participating, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so we just want to kind of use this podcast to give, talk about some things, um, give a voice to how some people might be feeling, but also give some tools and resources. Um, last week, we talked about that resilience toolbox. And like we said, it's really important to continue to build that toolbox because different tools are going to be um better to be used in certain situations and certain scenarios. And so you don't want to ever feel like I got this right. My toolbox Mm -hmm. is full. You can always add to it. You can always take inventory and figure out, you know, what worked for you previously may not be working for you currently or in that situation. And so you can try different things. So we're going to give you some tools to continue adding to your toolbox, making sure that it makes sense for you. Um, We're going to talk about grief and loss family dynamics, addiction, and recovery. Because these are, when we thought about the holidays and upcoming holidays, these are common themes that it seems like a lot of people struggle with. Um, And so we wanted to make sure that we kind of talked about it and and brought a voice to that. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. The first thing is going to be grief and loss. So Dom, I'll let you start it off um, if you'd like. Yeah. 
So grief and loss can be tough, right? Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it's not linear. And I think that's sometimes where we get we get caught in in grief is that, you know, we go through, you know, stages of grief. Um, and, you know, those stages of grief are like denial and depression and anger, um, acceptance. And there's another one, I, I forget, there's five steps, right? And, and those steps, they have an order, but you don't have to go through them in order, right? Um, and sometimes, depending on the the dynamic of that that grief or loss, you might recycle through some of those those stages, right? Um, so first things first is you know it's not a linear process, and don't necessarily give try to give yourself some kind of timeline on when you should be through um, grief, right? Um, I think sometimes when we think about grief, and I think I was just having this conversation with my therapist on Friday, is that oftentimes, you know, when we go, when we are going through grief, we tend to look, really look at grief in terms of like the loss of a person, right? But there are so many aspects of grief that we go through every day, right? Whether it's, you know, the loss of a relationship or the loss of a job, the loss of an experience, the loss of a friendship, the loss of a job, or the loss of like, you know, like say it's, you know, a Tuesday and, you know, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed or you woke overslept, like the loss of time, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many moments in time and in the day where we can go through grief and loss. Now, obviously some are, um, I don't want to say more, I don't want to say ser- serious than others, but, you know, on a continuum, right? Sometimes grief and loss mm-hmm you know, depending on the day or the, or the situation might be a one or a two, not like a nine or a 10, right? So it's on a continuum. And so given that, you know, you want to, you know, decide how much energy do I need to give to this grief or loss situation? Like what kind of coping skills do I need to use depending on what I'm grieving, right? So if I wake up on the wrong side of the bed or I wake up late, you know, and I'm grieving, like not having time to eat breakfast or not being able to dedicate enough time to the gym. What can I do to like kind of compensate for that loss? Right. Versus if I lost a family member or I lost my job, what are some coping strategies do I need to like use to ensure that I can kind of manage myself through that? Right. Again, trying to build that resiliency. So um, I just want you all just to consider, you know, that grief's not linear, that it can like we've been saying on this podcast and the previous one, that things ebb and flow, right? So sometimes there are going to be higher moments where you're managing your grief and loss pretty successfully. And there's going to be times when you are struggling. And and both in both of those experiences, my my you know, my suggestion would be, you know, to give yourself grace and to be kind to what you're going through because oftentimes these moments of grief and loss are unexpected. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you really can't plan for that, you know, in all of them, right? If you lose a loved one or the loss of a relationship, you know, like you, you really can't, you, you really can't plan for that. And sometimes what we'll do is we will um, not give ourselves the right amount of time to process and go through that grief. So the other piece of this too, is like, let's give ourselves appropriate amount of time to grieve an experience, to grieve a person, to grieve a job, to grieve the loss of time or whatever you're grieving, right? There's there's nothing wrong with, you know, acknowledging that what you're going through right now is tough and can be a bit overwhelming. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think the other thing about grief is 
it's so important when you are going through a grieving um, process that you are not only kind to yourself, but you're honest with yourself. Yeah. If you are grieving something and you are realizing that you're not acting like yourself, you are lashing out, you are isolating. Um, while you are going through this grieving process, you are realizing that it is having a negative impact on your daily functioning. I think mm-hmm. that it's really important for you to be honest with yourself and know when you need to reach out and get additional resources because um, the other thing that can happen is with any type of uncomfortable emotion, we oftentimes try to stop ourselves from feeling any type of discomfort, whether it be pain, you know, a negative or a uncomfortable emotion. Um, and so what we often try to do is push it down you know, try to, you know, not acknowledge it, try to find some other thing to kind of, you know, take over. Um, And oftentimes what can happen is that can actually have even more of an adverse reaction, right? Um, And so it's really important for you to be honest with yourself, be reflective and say like, you know, if I'm not eating, I'm not sleeping, you know, And this is for a prolonged amount of time, right? Because Mm -hmm. when you are first going through grief, there are going to be changes in your daily functioning. That's just a part of the process. But if you feel like it is at a prolonged amount of time, it's not saying that you have to get over it. That's not what we're saying at all. But it might be where you need to look outwards to get some additional assistance so that Mm -hmm. you can get back to a functioning place while you maneuver through that grief. Like I said, I personally have had a lot of grief, um, you know, over the years. And I realized with each new experience of grief, it has piggybacked off of grief that I previously experienced and thought I was done with. Right. Um, And while it piggybacked over, it was kind of like, I don't know if you've ever had like the rubber ball where you would start off a ball and it's really small. And then, you know, you add a rubber band and it slowly mm-hmm. starts getting bigger or even like a snowball effect. So yeah. with each loss, that ball was getting so big that it was no longer this cute little ball that I was playing around in my hand. Now it's mm-hmm. taking up the room. Now I can't not pretend like it's not there. It's it's mm-hmm. clearly there. It's affecting my view. Um, And so... I had to be diligent of, I need to figure out like how I'm going to address this. Was it uncomfortable? Yes. Was it not the best of feelings? Because, you know, anytime you're addressing something that's uncomfortable, you do have to go through it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the discomfort of going through the process of addressing it was so much easier than sitting in it and just allowing it to fester. Because like I said, that ball was getting bigger and bigger. And with life, it's so unpredictable. Um, We don't know when we're going to experience another loss, when we're going to experience another um, situation that's going to add to that grief ball. And so it was to the point where if I didn't address it, it could have overtook, like overtake me. And so um, I think that it's also really important that if you are in the grieving process and you are realizing that there's been a, a significant amount of time where you are not functioning at Mm -hmm. a regular level, um, then you really do need to look outwards and and figure out how you can add some resources to help you process it um, because it doesn't go away. Time does not heal all wounds. That's the biggest load of crap anybody (laughs) will tell you. Yes. Um, 
there's not going to ever be a day where I don't miss my mom. Right. right. There's not ever going to be a day where I don't miss having, you know, been pregnant and having miscarriages. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not ever going to be a day where I don't miss my uncle, uh, my grandmother, my grandfather, Dash. You know, there mm-hmm. is the, the hurt going to ebb and flow some days. Yes. But they were a big part of my life and they're no longer there. Um and I still have other people in my life and who's to know, you know, what can happen with them. Yeah. And so like, I just have to be honest with myself and, and realize that I can't pretend like it's, it's not having an impact on me because yeah. what we allow to fester inside of us, it doesn't stay there. It unfortunately will start coming out and start pouring out into other aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. And it can cause again, other things to take place, right? You can start lashing out on your loved ones. You can start, you know, isolating where you're not pleasant to be around where, you know, again, these are uncomfortable feelings. And oftentimes with humans, when we are experiencing something that's uncomfortable with someone else, we might try to intervene, but other people tend to move away. Right. Yeah. Um, And we talked about the importance of community, Right. And so if you're already feeling isolated, you're already feeling alone, you're in a low place. If you are now feeling like the, the core people that you have remaining are pulling away, that is also going to be another piece of that grief. Right. That's going to mm-hmm. add to that. Um, and then you can just start feeling like, you know, you're alone and, and that's yeah. not a good feeling either. So I think it's just important to to be reflective. Yeah. No, I think that I think those are all. <laughs> Really great points Um, because, again, grief is challenging and overwhelming. And there's there I think there have been attempts to try to help people get through it. But like you never really know how you're going to even manage that until it happens to you, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really just a matter of being kind to yourself as you are entering that space, because, you know, again, I think many of these things happen unexpectedly, you know. And so, and even, even if you have moments to prepare for it, I just don't know if there's ever a way to fully prepare for something like that, you know? So it's, it's really just, you gotta just be kind to yourself and, and just take, take it day by day, sometimes minute by minute, you know, Mm -hmm. breaking it down in, in small pieces because, um, it is a concept that is, it's a concept that is it's something that we know happens, right? We lose people. We, we lose experiences. We lose relationships. What do they say? All good things come to an end, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. these things we know are going to happen. Um, but I just don't know if you can ever really prepare for it, you know? And, and so because of that, you just got to take it slow and steady, you know, slow and steady, um, and not put too much pressure on yourself as you, are trying to figure out your new normal, right? Because it may just be a new normal for you. Um, so we do have a couple questions we want to kind of go through and we're kind of kind of tag team and, and answer some of these. Um, and so the first question is, um, if someone is going through grief and loss during the holidays, what pointers or suggestions might you give to help them manage? Um what do you think? Uh, you know, when somebody's going through grief and loss around the holidays, what what might you suggest to them? 
I think the first thing I would suggest is be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that I do personally when I am going to an event, um, I am very clear of who is going to be missing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very honest with myself and I'm very honest with, and I allow myself time to sit with those feelings. Uh, you know what? We're going to Thanksgiving at my cousin's house this year. And, you know, there are going to be people who are not in attendance um, and not because they had other obligations or they can get yeah. off from work because they could not be here. Um, and so I think like I give myself time to to handle that. I give myself time to fill the fills and, you know, I allow myself. While I'm happy and I might be having a great time at the event, I also allow myself to feel a little bit of sadness. I allow Mm -hmm. myself to feel a little bit, maybe, you know, another thing that I feel is sometimes I feel anxious um, Mm. when I go to events. So I allow myself to feel that. I welcome all of the different feels um, that I'm going to have. Um, And it's just, it's become normal to me, right? Because previously what would happen is, I would feel guilty. I don't know if that makes sense, but I would feel Mm -hmm. guilty that here we are celebrating this beautiful occasion. I'm surrounded Mm -hmm. by people I love and I'm over here sad or um, uncomfortable or, you know, thinking about people, all the people who are not here instead of being focused on the people who are here. Right. Mm. Um, and then I would be like, I feel guilty because I'm like, I don't want to ruin anyone else's day. Like I'm having a harder time, but I don't want people to feel like they're obligated to check in on me or to, you know, take care of me or show me a little bit more grace. Right. Because it's, it's not about me. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I would feel guilt. And then I would also feel this um, overwhelming sense of get it together, put a smile on your face, smile, mm, performing, you know, performing, right. Put on your mask. Because no one wants to be dealing with someone sad right now when everyone else is having a good time. Yeah. Um, and I realized that one, it wasn't truly acknowledging how I felt, but it yeah. also wasn't helping me process those feelings. It was pushing it down and pretending like it didn't matter. It wasn't real. And what happened would be is that it would fester. And then at times I would have to take a moment and go to the bathroom or whatever, because I would be tearful. Like mm-hmm. I would be at, you know, great events and I would feel myself about to cry, um, you know, of just happy moments. And so yeah. I think that one of the the best things you can do is to be honest with yourself and, uh, and be grace, show yourself grace and kindness. And, Again, if you know that you're going into a situation where you are going to be um, missing someone or maybe you're at an event and something happens and it reminds you of them, mm-hmm. um, feel comfortable speaking about it. You know, yeah. uh, we'll be around each other and we'll be telling stories. And if I think of a memory with one of my loved ones and they're not there, I'm going to share it. And and I'm not going to have guilt or shame around it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm trying to dim the mood or make everyone cry or anything like that. But I have to be honest with myself and I have to speak when I need to and be reflective when I need to and just be honest and vulnerable and and know that I'm amongst safe people that I love. Yeah. 
Um, and who knows, they may also be feeling that same way, right? It might be a breath of fresh air for them because they could be having similar feelings and they felt like they were carrying around guilt for having these mm-hmm. same feelings. You know, they didn't yeah. feel like, oh, well, I don't want to be the only Debbie Downer, you know, at yeah. this engagement. So I'm just going to keep it in. And it doesn't help. Like it does not help you at all. And it's kind of like you're walking around an event with something on your chest, right? Um, so just be honest with yourself acknowledge that this person is not going to be there. And it's not that you're not happy or looking forward to the occasion. It's just that you realize that something is missing and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And, and process those feelings. Like, what is that going to look like? Prepare for it. You know, Mm -hmm. if you know that you're going to be around your loved ones and everyone is going to be there and you're going to see generations of family and people are going to have their moms there. You're going to hear people, you know, saying, Hey mom, this or whatever. And you know that that could be triggering for you. Acknowledge it. Like, I think that that is the best thing that you can do for yourself because then you're not caught off guard and you're not having this, these different um, emotions that are kind of brewing inside of you that all it takes is for one trigger to literally have your pot explode. And now you have all these different feelings and emotions that are lashing out of the place. And you feel like, I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Now you feel like you've made everything uncomfortable. You know, you're embarrassed. You have, it's just better to acknowledge it, make a plan. Again, you can't plan for everything, but you can try to plan as much as possible. Know that there might be situations where your grief is going to, you know, be a little bit higher that day. Yeah. Know when you need to take a break. If you need to walk away, go for a walk or practice some of your coping skills, that's always important. You know, sometimes if I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, I'll pull out my phone and I'll, you know, look at something or I'll read something or whatever to take my mind off it. I kind of like disengage. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to do what you need to do. And I think like that, that's really important. Um, mm-hmm. You can also, one of the things that I would suggest too is, you know, maybe even if you're going to be amongst other family members, maybe see if you can do something to um, remember that individual. Um, Commemoration. That. Yeah. yeah. So like, mm-hmm. you know, acknowledge like, hell, just come out and say like, you know, if you guys are spiritual and you're doing the prayer before you eat, acknowledge that, you know. I just want to say a few words for the people. Can we take a moment for the people who are not here, right? That we're Mm -hmm. missing. Um, Again, you never know who else is feeling that way. Yeah. Doesn't feel like they have the space or want to bring it up. And so sometimes you could be also relieving some discomfort for other people. And Mm -hmm. I think just calling a spade a spade is, is so powerful. It not only helps you heal, and helps you to figure out how to deal with those ebbs and flows of that grief, but it also could help someone else. So I would mm-hmm. say, you know, just call it out, like call yeah. it out, find periods of, you know, bringing them up if you can, um, if you feel comfortable in doing that, find moments when you can take a breath, um, if you need to go for a walk or whatever, um, but also check your temperature, like check your tolerance, right? Know when your tolerance thermometer is getting too high and yeah. know when you need to disengage and go and do something else to help it get lower. Mm-hmm. That's also important when you are dealing with grief around the holidays is especially when you're going to be around other people. Yeah. Um, and I will say it's really important for you not to isolate 
Um, because when you are feeling low, if you kind of just put yourself alone, you isolate, you stay in the bed, not doing anything, it's really easy to stay in that place. It's mm-hmm. really hard to get out of it. Um, and so although it feels like, oh, it's just so much easier to lay here. I just feel exhausted. I don't even want to get up. I don't want to take a shower. Just pushing yourself to do that can be helpful in helping you again, not saying that the grieving process ends, but helps you to understand and get to know that grieving process and become comfortable with, again, the parts that some days is going to ebb, some days it's going to flow and you have to figure it out. And there was this really good TV show I watched like a couple years back and this lady um, was talking about grief because she had lost her daughter. And she said, you know, my mom told me that grief is like carrying around a suitcase. Some mornings you get up and that suitcase is like a ton of bricks and you feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, I can't even like, it's so exhausting. I can't even like pull it. Like I'm just, I can't do anything. I just need to sit here with this suitcase. Right. Mm -hmm. And then some days the suitcase feels like it's just filled with feathers. And it's like, you just carrying along with you. You don't even realize that you're carrying along with you. Right. Yeah. And I was like, that is the best analogy for me for grief, because there's going to be days when it's like a ton of bricks and you feel like I can't even fucking move right now. Like this thing is heavy. (laughs) We we're staying right here. Right. Mm -hmm. And then some days you're carrying it with you. And it's like, I don't even like, it's just here. It's a part of it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's not causing me any type of discomfort. And in either of those moments, either of those times, you have to be honest with yourself, be present with yourself, be reflective and figure out, okay, if it's, so heavy right now that you need to sit there, sit there, but mm-hmm. also figure out how you can get up again. Right. Yeah. How you can keep it moving because it, it unfortunately is now a part of you. It mm-hmm. is a part of your being. You've have lived this experience. And like I say all the time, for me, grief is just love. It's just my extension of these, this love that I have for these experiences, these individuals. And it's a part of me. And I have grown to accept it when it's heavy and when Mm -hmm. it's light as feathers. And I just keep it moving. And if I need to sit in it, I sit in it, but I know Mm -hmm. I can't stay there. And so that, that's my, um, advice or suggestion to others is know what the weight is of that grief for that time, Mm -hmm. figure out what you need to do, utilize your coping skills, utilize your toolbox, but know you can't sit there because your loved ones would not want you to. They, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't want you to. And, and you can't sit there because while you're sitting there in that grief and it feels like the only thing that's comfortable at this time for you Life is is moving on and yeah. you are then going to be grieving something else that you missed out on. Mm-hmm. And so being honest with yourself, I think it's really important. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I think we've touched on the other questions. Um, I guess I'll just say um, the way I navigate grief and loss. I mean, if it's those bigger experiences of grief and loss. Very similar to the things that Devron shared. Um, I, I would say in my life, the probably probably the biggest loss that I've experienced this far is probably the loss of my maternal grandmother. Um, I lost my grandfather, but I was probably like twelve or thirteen. So I mean, at the time, that loss was 
overwhelming and really challenging. But I think I got to grow as an adult with my grandmother and I got to build such stronger bonds with her as an adult. Um, And I got to really understand her um, commitment to family and her commitment to like tradition. And so one thing that I like to do is because my grandmother loved to cook and she loved to be around family and all of that. Like I, I definitely tried to incorporate that. Um, not just around the holidays because my grandmother would cook Sunday dinner, like literally every Sunday (laughs) and have the family over like every Sunday. And those are like, those are honestly, and we weren't even doing shit. We were just chilling, shooting the breeze. (laughs) Like we weren't doing anything. I mean, we were just having just a regular family get together, but like those are etched in my mind as like, very formative experiences that I had as a kid, you know? And so I do try to keep that in mind, you know? So when we talk about commemorating people, it's like, how can I continue to honor this person even when they're no longer in the physical, in the physical sense, they're not here physically. And one thing that she loved is family. Like she loved family. She loved getting together. She loves that cooking was her love language. She loved to feed us, you know? And so I definitely, try to do that, you know, in my everyday life, but especially, you know, whenever I, we can host and we can have people over, like, it's just another way to keep her, her legacy, you know, around. So I would say, you know, we often focus on celebrating like the death of that person, or, you know, we remember the day that they died, but we don't remember the days that they lived and what they mm-hmm. did when they were here. Right. Right. You know, and so I would encourage people to consider that, like, what about that person or what about that, that thing that drew you to them or drew you to that idea, drew you to that experience? And how can you continue to have that live on in your life? Um, That's one way to kind of help manage your way through um, those, those more challenging moments. So. I love that. I love, I love the honoring them because again, that's just another way to keep their memory going, right? For Mm -hmm. the generations afterwards. So I, I love that. Um, I think that's, that's great. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. your grandmother loves to hear that you are Mm -hmm. carrying on those traditions um, Mm -hmm. and that she's a part of, you know, your life still. Um, And she has such an impact and she's able to see that impact still being displayed, you know, Um, and, and save on. Well, no, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like he'll he'll be able to take that in and continue Mm -hmm. to practice it and, and know where these traditions started from. So I think that that's beautiful and that's Mm -hmm. showing and celebrating such a great experience with this loved one who is not Mm -hmm. physically here anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the next section is about (laughs) family dynamics. (laughs) (laughs) So family dynamics is another, um, you know, (laughs) could be triggering for some people. Um, oftentimes when we think about, you know, coming together for the holidays, not every family is warm and fuzzy. Mm. Um, I would say every family has some type of dysfunction within it. Yeah. Obviously there's different levels, but you know, every family, when they think about getting together, there is one or more family members that you're like, 
oh, I see so-and-so's on the guest list. Right. Oh, you know, I got to prepare oh, when they walk for in, You're like, damn, yeah. I thought they weren't going to be here. I thought I was going to be out of right. here before they got here. Right. You're like, okay, I'm extending the invitation, but I'm hoping they got something else to do. So I right. think like every family has that type of situation. Um, and so for some people... You might be the person that people are like, ugh, you're on <laughs> the list. You know? Or, you know, or you might have someone on the list that you don't really mesh with, but other people love, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it could just ebbs and flows. But, um, or maybe it's that, you know, you are now the person hosting the holiday and you have to, you have people that you would like to be on the guest list. And then, you know, you have other people in your life who are like, well, I want to add this person. Don't forget this person. You're like, they were not on the list, right? I didn't want them at my house for whatever reason. So I think, you know, family dynamics is definitely important Mm -hmm. to think about when you're thinking about the holidays and and how you connect with people. So the first question is, what are some of the biggest challenges families face during the holidays? That's a, that's an interesting one. So I think, um, kind of speaking to what you said, right? Like there just may, there just may be some, some tensions. Um, here's one thing, and this is kind of what I, I'm kind of going through right now. It's not my particular situation, but like, um, you know, you might be rebuilding with a family member and then there's other family members who are not really there yet. And you're like, do I invite them? Do I not? Do I give them the heads up? Do I not? Like, I don't want to make it awkward. What I've learned is, you know, that's really where it's important to kind of stay out of the middle, right? Like just, sharing with everybody, like, you know, I'm inviting so-and-so over for the holidays. I know you ain't come with them right now. <laughs> I know shit is kind of weird, you know, but that I don't want to get in the middle of that, but I do want to give you a heads up because I am attempting to rebuild something with this person. Um, and it's challenging, right? Because there may have been a time when y'all was on the same page about that person. And then you were like, you know, you have a change of heart where it's like, you know, I did feel that way. But after my own conversation with them, after my own, um, you know, kind of working through some of the the challenges and the difficulties, we're kind of, you know, making an attempt to rebuild what we had or whatever the dynamics are. And so I think that can be really, really challenging. Um, What I've learned is to just stay out, stay out of it. Right. Like (laughs) this is my relationship with them. You know, I know at, there was one point we was like kind of ganging up on them. We was like kind of <laughs> seeing eye to eye on that situation. But like I've had a change of heart. And I think that's that's been a challenge for me is like being okay with like changing, right? Like mm-hmm. that the way you once felt about this person doesn't have to be the way that you maintain, right? And that it's okay that you feel a little differently. You know, and it's not, it's, it's, it's also too, like it's not that I it's important to recognize that I understand why you are struggling because I was there, you know what I mean? And so I'm hoping that if you, you know, I'm hoping one day that you get there because again, I recognize that a huge challenge in family dynamics is like accepting people for who they are and accepting that there is a portion there, there is so there's only so much that sometimes people can give you. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, 
you're not deserving of what you're asking for. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think everyone is deserving of what they're asking for, but are people equipped to give you that is the question, right? And so what do you do with that? Do you accept that, you know, this person, you know, can only give me this much and this much to them is like this much, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it, it just depends, right? Again, it's not to say that you don't deserve anything more. It's a matter of being realistic that like, I may want something from this person, but they just may not be willing or able or equipped to give it, you know, mm-hmm. do I let my relationship fall do I make adjustments, right? And how I'm navigating that relationship, right? I'm wanting this. You're only willing to give me this. Here's what I'm willing to do because of where we are, right? And so that's definitely one aspect. Um, there may just be some bad blood between family members. It may be some family members might be working things out and other family members are just not there, right? So I think that's another one. Um, I would say to one challenge just with my mother's side of the family, just overall, is that when my grandmother passed away, we didn't, as a family, continue those traditions, right? Where mm. my grandmother would cook every Sunday and all of us literally, I'd say at least 50 to 70% of my family would stop in and out on Sundays. So mm-hmm. we saw each other at least once a week and she's been gone. She passed away in 2015. So she's been gone um, in May, in May um, was I think seven years. Um, so that's, or eight years, actually eight years. Um, so that's been challenging that we have not been able to get together. So I have been like talking to my mom about like, why don't we like rent a hall and like, you know, each of us cook something and we all try to get together. And so that's definitely a goal of mine for 2024 is like, we've been talking about this shit. We need to really do it. Cause honestly, like I'd say the oldest person in my family on my mom's side of the family at this point is my oldest aunt, you know what I mean? And she, I don't want to give her age, but she's up there, right? You know what I mean? And so I don't know how many more years we're going to have with those family members, right? Mm -hmm. I have two uncles who are up there as well. Like, you know, that I can't even remember. The last part when I saw was at a funeral, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I just, I just want, I want to be able to experience that at least one more time, you know what I mean? And so- I, I think that's the other thing is like when the matriarch passes away, some of those traditions don't continue. Um, and that's one thing that I think that my my mom's side of the family that we're really, we haven't been able to kind of do that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, or there's pockets of us who are, you know, kind of getting together, but like all of us are not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say like my cousin, she had a birthday party for her daughter a few weeks ago and I took Savon and he got to, you know, see some of the cousins that, you know, I grew up with that he, you know, never met before. My, one of my cousins, you know, was there. I hadn't seen in a while, you know? So, and then I, we took him over to my aunt's house afterwards. He played with the kids. Like it was fun. It like kind of reminded me, of like how it was when I went to my grandma's house, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so it just made me feel like I want to have this experience at least one more time, at least one more time. Yeah. Um, so that's the other thing that I would say that families may be struggling with is like, how do we continue on um, with those traditions and those customs that, um, and for black people specifically, right? You know, my grandmother came to this came to came to the north from the south in like the 30s and the 40s right so a lot of the thing and she and and she came here 
with a husband that she was married to at the time. And that was it. So she, the, the family that she created here were, you know, the children that she had, but also she also created community because she didn't have anybody mm-hmm. here, you know? And so it, it's things like that, that make me really like want to figure out how do we do that? How do we, you know, make it a real, a real effort to continue to spend time together and, and see each other, even though, it's harder, you know, we're older, we have kids and all that, and it can be challenging. But like, even if we could do it once a year, that would be, that would be better than not doing it at all. So um, I would say those are some of the things that families are probably struggling with. Um, I'm sure there are other things, but I think those are some of the, the, and, and not knowing how to like talk through some of the conflict, right? I think that, um, you know, I don't want to generalize, you know, but sometimes, <laughs> you know, in our community, like there isn't this, uh, there isn't a, a practice of like working through conflict, you know, and I, I, and again, I'm not pathologizing, like, you know, I'm sure lots of different communities experience this, but I'm just talking about by community. And I think that there just may be challenges with how to overcome you know, some of those conflicts and really talking through that stuff. Um, and so we hold grudges, we gossip, we get frustrated and we don't just say, I'm hurt. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sad. You know what I mean? Or, you know, I feel betrayed. Like those emotions are just not the things that we feel comfortable saying. So instead we'll talk shit and like gossip and stuff like that and not just get to the root of like what the conflict is. So yeah, I would say that those things make the holidays harder, right? You know? So yeah, those are some of the things that I would, I would say. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think, you know, handling conflict for a lot of people is an uncomfortable thing. Um, and then you have, you know, some people who are like, oh, we're family. So, you know, we're just going to disregard or, you know, mm. we're not going to address anything. And yep. that could put people in, in uneasy situations. And I think one of the things about family dynamics that also could be um, difficult when you're getting together for the holidays, if you feel like someone has done something to you um, where, you know, maybe you were um, victimized, maybe you were abused or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it could also feel like you are, your experience is being um, diminished or not fully acknowledged by having this person be at the gathering. And then maybe you are also being forced to interact with that person. Right. Um, One of the things that I think I have always been kind of honest about is, you know, within my family, there were situations where people were wronged by someone or, you know, seriously Mm -hmm. wronged by them or just maybe they had a decent agreement. And my thing is we can be in the same place, but I could just act like you're not there. Like I'm not going to be disrespectful. I'm not going to sit there and talk shit about you. You are just like Casper, the friendly ghost. I don't see you. Right. (laughs) Um, Because my thing is other people can interact with you and their interaction with you and their, their, um, relationship with you has nothing to do with my relationship with you. Um, I don't think it's the time and place for us to engage in the discussion at a family event. I feel like if we want to address those things, we could do it, you know, afterwards or before, Mm -hmm. but 
we're not going to have any meaningful interaction at a family event. And plus, it brings too many other people's opinions into mm-hmm. it. And then who knows, like, you might end up telling somebody off or feeling their side with you. I might feel like. So it's just easier for us to, if we have to be around each other, we don't have to engage with each other. We can still be respectful. Um, right. So I think that that's one aspect. But I also think that a good thing to practice when you have difficult family dynamics is set boundaries, right? Yes. So if you know that, you know, you are going to be the host and maybe you don't have no beef at the time with any of the people you're invited, (laughs) but oftentimes when you are the host and you, you know, you have been the host several times, Mm -hmm. you are aware of different dynamics that are taking place to the people that you're inviting. So as a good host, you are going to put boundaries in place to make sure that it's known across board. We're getting together. This is who's all invited. And these are the expectations that I have. Right. So again, it's not that I'm going to sit Susie and Tom who literally don't like each other. You know, Tom then stole from Susie and Susie didn't want to beat up Tom. And I'm not Mm going to put them together and be like, now y'all need to talk. No, you guys can both be in the same space, but I'm going to, you're going to be cordial, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to engage at all, but you're going to be cordial. You're going to have a good time, but we're going to be respectful of my household, right? So mm-hmm. I think like having some type of rules is important. If you know some of your family members got sticky fingers, right? <laughs> not <And> sticky you, <laughs> fingers. <laughs> and you still want to like have them at the celebration. Again, having some type of boundaries in place, safeguards where you're allowing people to feel comfortable mm-hmm. um, coming to to be around each other. Um, but also where you're not putting this person who has the sticky fingers, making them feel like the black sheep. Um, mm-hmm. or making people who know that they have sticky fingers feeling like, oh, I can't let my purse, you know, down. I can't even be comfortable because I got to keep an eye on that person because mm-hmm. you never know what stuff they up to. So, like, you want everyone to try to function as normally as possible. So maybe a safeguard could be, hey, you have anything that you, you know, want to lock up, here, we'll put it in the room and I'll lock it up, whatever. Mm-hmm. Make sure everybody feel comfortable. Um, I think like those are things that you can do to add. So you're not adding into the dysfunction. You're not adding right. into, because again, if you don't have a dog in the fight, you should stay out of it. But right. you are being a good host and trying to figure out how can we all kind of handle this um, to have a good event, right? Yeah. Um And the other suggestion is to call a spade a spade. If you know that there is some dysfunction brewing and you know down the line you're going to be having events or whatever, there's nothing wrong with saying like, look, we want to have an event. We know that there's this dysfunction. I'm staying out of it, but I really hope that you guys can address this and and come to some type of common ground, whether it be A, we're just not going to talk to each other, but we can be cordial or B, we're going to talk it out and, and figure out a solution. But mm-hmm. it's making everyone else who's invited uncomfortable. So we need to figure right. it out before the event. Because the last thing you want to do is like have a Jerry Springer <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. You don't or want Steve that. Or Steve Wilkos now. Yeah, like you don't want that. <laughs> You're not a talk show host. Like, you know, you want people to be comfortable and, and be able to, you know, enjoy themselves. And again... Even if you're that person, because again, you could be the person that everyone's uncomfortable with, 
right? Yeah. You could be that person. And so if you know that you want to engage with your family and you know that things are uneasy, maybe start trying to address it prior to the event. Or the other thing is, Maybe you just don't mesh well with your family. They don't bring you good feelings. Every time you're around them, your tolerance is at its max. You walk away feeling horrible about yourself. You walk away hating them even more. The other part is that you can surround yourself. You don't have to be with your blood relatives. Your family is who you make it to be, right? Yeah. So maybe you want to do like a friend's Thanksgiving. Maybe you want to do a friend's gathering. Be around people who feed you and literally make you feel wanted and make you feel good about yourself. And then you leave that interaction feeling like, you know what? I didn't have anything taken away from me. Right. I I feel like I enjoyed myself. I was relaxed and these people welcomed me with open arms. Uh You also can do that. If your family is toxic and they don't make you feel good about yourself, you are not obligated to be around them. You can set healthy boundaries for yourself. You can also set boundaries Mm -hmm. of you get the guest list and you see Uncle Tom who done molested you when you was 12 is is on the guest list. Mm -hmm. And you know you got kids and Uncle Tom ain't supposed to be nowhere damn near any kids, but he's in attendance. You can say, we won't be in attendance. I'm not coming. Mm -hmm. You, You know what I'm saying? You can safeguard yourself. So I think like, It's also those things where like, don't feel like you're obligated because it's family that you have to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation that's going to um, impact your mental health, that's going to Mm -hmm. impact your self-esteem, that's going to be where you're on pins and needles all day and you're not even enjoying the event because of things that have happened, right? Or maybe you're working on your own trauma journey and you feel like your family never acknowledged it. Again, if you're doing that work, you have the right to say, this is the boundary I'm putting in place and I have to protect myself. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't feel obligated to be around people who are so key into seeing the worst parts of you or not Mm -hmm. acknowledging experiences that you had and things like that. And again, we're not trying to turn a family event into a a talk show, right? Right. Uh, But you also want to feel comfortable. You want to feel like it's a good interaction. I think that that's so important to be, you know, honest with yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, there is no blueprint, right? So you're all (laughs) going to try to do the best that you can. Um, But, you know, again, these are just some tips to keep in mind. Um, in the event that you are in a uncomfortable situation during this time with your family, you do still want to be present, but you are not really sure, you know, how to do that. You know, this is, these are just some, some guidelines. Um, let me see. I think there may be a few more questions. Um, let's see. What are some ways that families can use the holidays as a way to build stronger connections? What do you think? Um, So one of the things that we're doing this year is groceries is high. Girl. (laughs) It's at an all-time high. Um, And so we decided that we're going to have Thanksgiving at my cousin's house. But we all are. We came up with like a menu and then we're all contributing to that menu in some way. I love that. Um, and so we divided up the, the menu. We made sure that we have, you know, we took into consideration all the people who are attending, things that they would want. 
Um, and then we divided up of who's going to be responsible for that. And we even like thought about who's going to be responsible for like the plates and, you know, the silverware and things like that. And so I think like that was nice because one, we considered everyone when we built the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, so we took into consideration and um, making sure that everyone had a variety. And then we also made sure that everyone had a way to contribute to the actual meal um, mm-hmm. in some way or fashion. And so like, I think that that's good. Um, we also have, so my cousin is having it at her house and right now um, she has been kind of like doing some little home projects, preparing for it. She's like, she can't tell everybody what she's doing. She wants it to be surprised, mm-hmm. but um, different family members have been working with her on some of the projects. So I think like that has helped build yeah. some connection. Um, and it also is really good because, you know, like I said, we lost my uncle last year um, in October and it was very sudden. And so I think like, it has helped build connections because um, as we have worked through healing this year, you know, her and her brother, he has like really been stepping up and, and doing so amazing. And I love that. Um, coming in like, you know, babysitting the kids and house sitting for her because she has a dog when she, you know, has something to do. And so like, I will say building of a connection is my, my uncle was someone who he was a man of few words, except when he was talking shit. Uh, Of course. (laughs) right? um, (laughs) He was also someone who, if you needed something, my uncle always had you like, you know, Mm -hmm. I think one of the, the last texts that we had, um, he knew Carmen was going to homecoming. He was like, Hey, I'm gonna pay for her nails. Like, and I'm gonna pay for her to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was just like someone like that. And, now I'm seeing my cousin, who was his only son, him stepping up and like him reaching out to his sisters, like, hey, you need this. Like, and not only yeah. just his sisters, like his mom, me, like mm-hmm. he he's just like, you know, it was very difficult losing his father, obviously, but he has taken that and become such a man, you know, mm-hmm. and and modeling who his father was. And I'm going to try yeah. not to get emotional. Yeah. But um, it's such a beautiful thing to see because I know that for him, you know, they had, you know, they had their own journey together. Yeah. And um, I think that his dad is able to see that, you know what I'm saying? Like, and obviously he would love have his dad to see that in person. Right. Of course. Yeah. He has really taken that role and stepped up and been like, you know what? Like he works his butt off. Like he, you know, he's been going through his own journey. He's been killing it with that. He's also a guy with few words, but he talks his shit like his dad. (laughs) Um, But the way that he has stepped up to, to show up and be a man, um, it's just like my uncle, like literally it's just like my uncle, um, and I think like that really has helped with the connection and um, the healing of the family. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, it, it's something major. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it's not a small task to not be in a great place with someone when they pass. Yeah. And them not being able to see you in, in your glory, you know, yeah. and, and see you rise up like a phoenix. But yeah. he has taken that like... 
he has really taken that and done amazing. Like, yeah. So I would say like that, that heals a family. You know what I'm saying? Like that really, you want to remember, like you were talking about your grandmother and doing all these traditions to keep her memory alive. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think that my cousin realizes that he's keeping his dad's memory alive, but he is literally being like that man um, that I don't think anyone, you know, we're, we are people who are like focused on ourselves. Sometimes we're selfish, right? Yeah. But um, he's so selfless and he's just, he really has stepped up. And this Thanksgiving, I'm so excited because obviously last Thanksgiving, he just lost his dad and, and he was going through it. And to be able to come a year later um, and he's involved in the process, he's contributing to the process, he's helping his sister, you know, prepare her home for the the holidays um, and just stepping up. Like, I think like that's what helps build families connections is giving people the opportunity to redeem themselves. You know what mm, I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's that is how you build family connection, you know? And that's something that even with my own sisters, like right now we, we have our, our things going on, but I've never not stopped hoping for them to get it together and trying to give them opportunities to show their redemption and, and to show that they are like a Phoenix. And I think, you know, you are honest about where people are. I think that that's important and it's important for you to create healthy boundaries to make sure that you're able to function at the level that you need to and protect, put safeguards in place. But I also think keeping that little bit of hope and little bit of space to allow people to redeem themselves and surprise you Mm -hmm. is, is so beautiful. And like I said, my, my cousin is a living example of that, of, Look at what he's been able to do within the year. And I know he's just going to continue to do well. And he might have some hiccups along the way, but he's really been able to show up and show and prove. And I think we've all given him that space that was needed to call him out when he needed Mm -hmm. to be called out. Yeah. Um, But also met him with like love and and resources and like, look, I'm going to call you out on your shit, but I'm also going to be here to say, I'm going to get in the arena with you if you need me to, mm-hmm. but this is what the expectation is. And he's, he's been killing it. So that's good. I would say like, that's a great way to build the family connection within the holidays is just giving people space to redeem themselves if that's what they want to do. Right. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. that's, you know, you can't, we're not the puppet masters, but right. you know, sometimes people will surprise you. And so I think that mm-hmm. that's, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I would say just quickly, another thing that I enjoy is like the fun that you get to have around the holidays, right? Whether that's games, whether that's like just talking about what you're grateful for, whether that's, you know, just, just, you know, having those moments to, to communicate and have fun. I mean, there's lots of like games you could play around the holidays. I mean, I know, you know, when we go to the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the Flint's house, <laughs> the other Flint's the mess, house, the mess talking. yeah, the messy house, right. <laughs> that, um, there are always moments to laugh and joke and play games. And so I think doing those things, cause those things build memories. I think, I guess what I'm thinking about is like, Using those moments to build memories, right? Mm-hmm. Using those moments um, to uh, 
yeah, yeah. Like to just to, to build on more memories. Um, that that is always a good time for sure. So that's yeah. what I would add. Um, is just find moments to build build memories. I love that, and just laughing and just yes. Yes. Being around, like I said, being around the people that you love and support you and, and are feeding you, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually. I think that that's so, so important and it helps you to carry on with, with life. Um, mm-hmm. So for yeah, sure. something. I got another question for you. Okay. So um, the next question is, if family is a sore subject... Uh, what suggestions could help someone feeling lost in their family or just feeling disconnected in general? <sighs> yeah, that's tough um, because that happens, right? You know, sometimes um, the family that you were born into um, isn't the greatest, right? Maybe it's it's maybe it's because there's been some 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 long kind of historical challenges um, with with the way you've been treated, you know, maybe you've, I know some people who like don't really have a big family already. And so they've lost people. Right. So like Mm -hmm. their, their family is pretty limited because, you know, their biological family, you know, is is small and they've lost people. Um, And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes what can get in the way of family too is, um, Maybe you've not been validated. Maybe you've not, your, your experiences have not been acknowledged. Maybe they've been overlooked. Um, or on the flip side, maybe you're struggling to hear what your family is saying. Like maybe they're calling you out and, or I'd say calling you in mm-hmm. and you're struggling to like, accept it. Like, you know, they got a point. I'm, I'm falling short. You know what I mean? And so I, I would say, you know, if that is your experience, right. And, 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 family for whatever reason is a sore subject. Um, or if you're just feeling lost in your family in general, it's tough. Right. And I don't think there's, unfortunately, I don't know that there is a right or wrong answer. You know, I don't know if there's a a right or wrong way to help you navigate that. Right. I think you have to acknowledge potentially the grief that's there, right. The, The loss of like not having that connection. Um, and to, I think the, the, the bigger piece of this too, though, is, don't close the door on what you don't currently have, right? Mm-hmm. There are relationships that I have rebuilt in my life that you could have, you couldn't have, I would have bet my savings account that I was never <laughs> going to build them relationships again. You know what I mean? Like you just don't ever want to close the door mm-hmm. on what could be, right? People grow, people change, people are in really challenging places in their lives. And when you may have, struggle to maintain those relationships. Maybe there was a falling out. Maybe there was a lack of acknowledgement about things that you experienced, whatever the case may be. I am of the belief that everything is, some things are temporary, right? That while that is the space you're in now, it doesn't mean that's a space you have to be in forever. Um, And because of that, be open to the possibility that things can change, right? That, that things can get better. Um, and, and, and it's tough, right? It's tough because this time of year, we do tend to highlight the ideas that people are going to spend time with their family and they're going to, you know, 
have fun and laugh and get together and cook and all those things. And that's just not everybody's experience. And so that can be tough and that can be overwhelming. But I would say just be open to the possibility that it doesn't have to be that way. And I'd also encourage people to consider what what am I doing if family is what I want, right? If family is what I want and family is what I'm missing and I want to build on those connections, what am I doing to get in the way of that? Maybe you're not doing anything, right? Maybe you just have a shitty family, right? <laughs> that could be a possibility. But I also, I'm also of the belief too that while the breakdown in our families might not be equal, what piece of the breakdown can you own of as your own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would encourage people to consider that, you know, what what part of this is mine to own and what can I do to keep my side of the street clean, right? Yeah. I think we do focus so much on, we do focus a lot on, you know, trying to control the other side of the street, right? And you, mm-hmm. you can't, right? You can own, only manage your side of the street, Um, and so I would encourage people to do that, but I'd also encourage people to remember though, but you can't do the emotional labor for both people, right? You can't do the emotional labor for you and your family members, right? So keep your side of the street clean, focus on what you can do, but don't take on the, the emotional labor of every person in that relationship, because at, at what point do all of us hold ourselves accountable to what we contribute to the breakdown, right? I think that part can be missing. And you see that in marriages, you see that in family relationships and family dynamics where we are not always committed to saying, while I can acknowledge that you fall short here, it's not my job to pick up those pieces here, right? It's our job to say, here's where we're falling short. Here's what I'm willing to do, right? Here's uh-huh. what I'm willing to to contribute to improving on our connection and our relationship but you got to be willing to do something too. And there has to be a real concerted effort to make those changes. Um, and I'm all for recognizing that people's personality and people's, you know, issues do, you know, come to those relationships. But I think sometimes we want to make, we want to say things like, well, that's just how they are, you know, or that's just, you know, that's just what they do. And it's like, yeah, but no, (laughs) yeah, but no, right. That can't be, you know, that can't be excuses that we choose to make for people that we love. Right. When we love people, we say the truth. We tell the truth. You know, we don't have to be hurtful. We don't have to be brutal. Right. I don't even believe in that. I believe that we have to meet people with care, with love, Mm -hmm. but you have to be honest, you know? And so, First and foremost, be honest with yourself. What are you contributing to that? And what are you willing to to fix? But don't take on the emotional labor of other people's responsibility to their side of the street. Um, and that can be challenging. You know, we all, we're social creatures. We are here for social connection. So I understand why somebody might want to take on the emotional labor of like, well, if I just do this and if I just, you know, you know, contort myself in these ways that it's going to be all better. And it's like a lot of resentment can come from that. A lot of like frustration can come from that. Right. So I would say that those would be some of the things that I would say. And, and if all else fails, 
be committed to creating your own like chosen family, right? What does a chosen family look like? You know, whether mm-hmm. that is your friends, whether that is, you know, other of your church family, you know, whatever it is, like there are other ways to be in community. It doesn't have to be your family of origin. It can be your chosen family, right? And sometimes the people that we choose, um, those connections and those relationships are more meaningful because I have chosen it. Like I wasn't born into it, right? I, this is mm-hmm. a, a conscious effort, a conscious choice that I'm making, excuse me, <clears throat> to, to be in relationship with you, right? So those would be some of the the suggestions that I would give if that's where you are in your relationships. I like the analogy that you used about focusing on your side of the street, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that that is very important because we're not the puppet master. We may want these things. We may wish for these things to happen, but we don't have control over other people, right? Um, and so like, I think that that's important when you are thinking about any type of dysfunction or, um, you know, strain relationship within the family, right? I also think that it's important for you to kind of be aware of your tolerance level. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe you, you know, feel like, okay, I want to be around my family, but I know typically doesn't make me feel great. Maybe you can kind of be aware of your tolerance level and go for a short amount of time and then be aware of when your tolerance level is rising where then, mm-hmm. you know, you need to exit stage left and then maybe go and be around the people that you have formed to be your family as well, because, you know, mm-hmm. you can also do that. Um, I think that that's important. I also think, and I really like that you highlighted this is being reflective of what role are you playing? Like if family is what you want, what are you actually doing to kind of, fix that um, from your point, right? Because we can blame someone else all day, but we also have some type of way that we have been contributing to that interaction. Maybe it's not that we are starting the fight, but maybe when the fight comes to us, we ain't backing down, right? Right. Maybe (laughs) we like, you know, oh, you want to bring the fight and now I'm going to literally, you go low, I'll go to hell. Like, that doesn't help the situation, (laughs) right? Right. Um, And so like, you know, again, that can just be building on that family dynamic and that strained relationship. So like asking yourself, what is it that I'm willing to do to uh, try and improve that relationship from my standpoint? Because like mm-hmm. you said, we can't focus on the other side of the street because we don't have control of that, right? That's right. not our property. Um, and so we can only focus on our side of the street. And it also is where if you're focusing just on your side of the street and you're doing everything that you can to try and make that street look great and the other mm-hmm. person is deciding like, hmm, I ain't doing nothing, you can mm-hmm. then be reflective and say like, okay, I've I've done these different things to pour into this this street and the other person is just deciding that they don't want to engage, that Mm -hmm. lets me know where I am with that person, right? That lets me know to then take inventory to know, okay, I did all this work. You know, I'm looking back. I can see I, you know, did this yard work and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff. Made this, this side street looks great. Their side street looks crappy. You know, I didn't try to bring the community in. They said no. (laughs) Right. Um, 
So then you can take inventory and now you know where you stand with that individual, right? And so mm-hmm. now you you have a measurement of, okay, this is how much I'm willing to give and they're not willing to meet me halfway. So now I can move accordingly, right? They yep. showed you who they were. Now you have to believe them, right? Mm-hmm. And it's yep. not saying that that relationship is completely dead in the water and to never to rebuild because it could be years later where you see them starting to try to get their their side of the road together, right? Yeah. Um, like, oh, okay, I see yeah, I see right, right, okay. <laughs> Damn, I've only been doing this for years, but, right. you know, but I think like that's, that's good. And I think that it also takes the responsibility off of you to feel like, you are obligated to fix this because I think mm-hmm. that's another thing that the holidays can bring up is this obligation of family, this yep. obligation that I have to make amends. I have to make things right. Um, and like I said, if you're the person who has struggled in some type of way and whether your family has met you with other struggles, um, and now you feel like, okay, I've been doing my own thing. The family is disengaged. You know, it's kind of strange. And now you feel obligated that the holidays are coming up and you don't want to be alone and you know they're going to meet and you want to be a part of it, but you haven't done any type of work individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that that's also something for you to process. Um, I will say in the mental health field, as therapists, one of the things that oftentimes we see is an increase of people utilizing services yes. coming up to the holiday season. We always say holiday season, people are booked and busy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's whether they are a part of that family dynamic or maybe they're trying to get coping skills to build up for that interaction or whatever. Um, I think that it's important for you not to wait to the last minute to prepare yourself, but also mm-hmm. to be honest and reflective of not feeling like it's an obligation for you to be put into situations that are not going to be good for you, right. regardless of what our society norms may be or what people are saying. Oh, well, you know, it's a family gathering. You should be amongst family. Your family is who you make it. And who mm-hmm. makes you feel good, who feeds you. And if you have, and also if you are someone who hasn't been feeding your family and you haven't been making them feel good, you also have to take time to be reflective of that. And maybe you can't be a part of the holidays because of that this time, but you could work it up to being present next holiday, right? Yeah. Um, so I think like that's also something to be important um, and be reflective of is even if things are not good right now, you can surround yourself around people who care and feed you and love you, but also hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you know you want to be around family coming up with, uh, okay, I'm, this is my tolerance level. This is how much mm-hmm. I can I can do with this family or... I'm going to do the work internally so that next holiday season I can be around my family and I can show them what I've done personally mm-hmm. um, to try to address the the things that I that have going on. Right. I think that 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 could be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. All good points. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in and allowing us to be vulnerable together as we soar. If you enjoyed this episode and are interested in hearing more from us, make sure you hit that follow button so you are alerted when a new episode drops and leave a rating and a review below. Our podcast can be found on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube. We'd love to hear your comments and how you're choosing to soar these next couple of weeks. Interact with us on Instagram at But What If I Soar as well as on our business pages at Free To Be Counseling Services and at Social MacGyver. Let's continue ascending or gliding 
even amongst the turbulence.